Welcome to Pleasant Grove Church, where Reverend Dr. Classy M. Preston is the pastor. A place where the Word of God impacts and transforms your life. Let's listen to a power-packed message already in progress. Protecting us, O oh God, and we thank you, O oh God, for your faithfulness. Oh, we thank you for the space and time of worship, O oh God. Oh, and we pray right now, dear God, that you will minister to every soul under the sound of my voice, oh God, that whatever we're doing, that we will be distracted until we give you all the praise, honor, and glory that you deserve. We ask you, oh God, forgive us for our sins, our sinful natures, oh God. Forgive us for the times when we didn't take time to worship you, oh God. Forgive us, God, when we neglect your commandments. Forgive us, Lord, when we don't do what you have called us to do. And on this day, we repent, we confess, we praise your name. And we ask, of oh God, that you will give us the power and strength to be your faithful servants. And that you will ignite a fight in our hearts, dear God, that will allow us to be all that you have called us to be. We pray for a fresh anointing. We pray, dear God, for the homes and Morant families. We thank you, God, right now. We pray for the Porter family, dear God. We pray for Sister Connie's mom. We pray, dear God, for everyone who needs to feel your healing touch, oh God. Remind us, oh God, that you are alive and well and that you are God. And Lord, when you do all of these things for us, we will forever and ever and ever and ever and ever give you all the praise, all the honor and all the glory because you are worthy to be praised. In the mighty and precious name of Jesus, I pray that the church say, amen. Amen. As I was coming to the church this morning, kept thanking God for allowing me to wake up today. I started thanking God for the trials and tribulations that have shaped me as a woman of God. I found myself thanking God for the people who have set traps for me. And I thank God for the spirit of discernment and Holy Ghost protection. I thank God for the privilege of serving this church, which will be 24 years in April. I thank God for this assignment, not because of the title pastor, but I thank God because had it not been for this assignment, I would not know God. If it had not been for this assignment and human beings and life, I would not know the power of Almighty God. But because God is God, because God is God and he's trustworthy, I, I, I'm able to stand week after week and, and cry myself to sleep and wake up and start all over again because God is a faithful God. 
I thank God for this church. I thank God for sending a few volunteers, a few, who are willing to do the right thing at all times so that the kingdom work will go forward. I thank those who sacrifice their personal lives and families to care for this church. Somebody said to me the other day, how big is your staff? I said, which staff would you be referring to? I said, I'm the only full-time person I know, and I'm 80 hours a week. I said, we have a youth director. We have an associate pastor. And we have a minister of music. We have an office per administrator who works four days a week. I said, I'm not making excuses. I'm just trying to share with you what God can do. And I'm encouraging somebody because we need to be reminded that our faith is not up to us and the people around us. Our faith is in the hands of a loyal and righteous God. So I thank God for Pleasant Grove Church. I thank God for the lazy people who keep me in prayer. I thank God for the people who give to this church and who keep us going. And it hasn't been everybody. And I thank God for just the privilege of knowing all of you. When I was praying about whether or not I should preach today because of the service yesterday, I prayed. And I had it all figured out, Minister Karen, who was going to do what? And the Lord said, no, that's your assignment. I said, Lord, let me pray again. Maybe you didn't get me. <laughs> so I stand today with this word because it's the word that God has given me for this congregation during this era. I am very concerned that we are not taking life seriously. And I'm very concerned that we are not reading the Bible for ourselves. Deacon Huff, Deacon's Huff, actually, got two Deacon Huffs right there. And that the Bible talks about last days. And you should know this, Timothy. This is in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 5. Dr. Lachelle, I'll send you my notes. You should know this, Timothy, that in the last days, there will be very difficult times. But people will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred at all. I'm not making it up. It's in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 5. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. They will be cruel and hate what is good. They will betray their friends. They will be reckless. They will be puffed up with pride and love pleasure more than God. Come on now. Come on. I got a witness in here. They will love pleasure more than God. They will act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. And when the church gives them instruction on what they need to do, I'm saying this to be godly, they reject it because they're just too busy. Love pleasure more than God. They were act religious. You ever seen that? Act religious. Act religious. And then they will reject the power that could make them godly. 
Wouldn't you agree that the times we are living in today would fit that description? If it's not in your house, it's in your neighbor's or it's somewhere in the neighborhood. And we need to read and understand, Sister Ellen, what the Bible says about the last days. Some people debate whether or not we're in the last days. If you read the word of God, you will see that we're in the last days. And some of us are still trying to decide whether we want to be saved or not, whether we want to be baptized or not, whether we're going to come to church or not. We have time to get ourselves together. Because in the last days, God says that I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. This is Acts chapter 2, verse 17. Young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. And when you look at Matthew, Jesus gives us parables so that we can understand these heavenly stories with an earthly meaning. I want you to take a look at another time at Matthew chapter 13, verses 24 and 30, which is not my text, but I want you to hear this. Jesus illustrates the kingdom of heaven by describing how it is like a farmer who planted good seed in his fields. That's verse 24. But during the night, the enemy snuck and planted weeds among the wheat. Therefore, both the weeds, hallelujah, Jesus, and the grain grew alongside of each other simultaneously or at the same time. The people of the evil one will flourish, mature, and ripen into the wicked. The most lustful, the most terrorizing, the most adulterous, the most selfish generation in the history of the world. But at the same time, the people of the kingdom will mature, flourish, and ripen as we move into our destiny of becoming the most powerful people that God wants us to be. In other words, the enemy might surround you and grow up near you, but the enemy will not overtake you because God will protect us. Hallelujah. So stop walking around in fear of the enemy and just fight back in the name of Jesus. All of us are surrounded by some weeds somewhere. I'm not talking about weed like weed. I'm talking about weeds and an evil people. I'm talking about people who could care less whether we live or die. I'm talking about those who don't have time to be godly. But I'm here to tell you today that if you have no desire to know God, you better get yourself together because the last days are here. There will be wars and rumors of wars. Talking about Russia right now, right? We're talking about that crank. We're talking about war all the time. We're ignoring all of this. And you will hear wars and threats of wars, but don't panic. These things must take place, but the end won't follow immediately. So Jesus said, don't get excited about the wars. I got everything covered. And it's all going to happen in due season. And then we go on, and I just want you to understand and know that there's also some scriptures about the judgment. Because sometimes as church folk, we get upset when we talk about the judgment from the pulpit. And we want to think that just because we do what we want to do and get away with it and God doesn't strike us down, that we're home free. But the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse number 5, Therefore judge nothing before the appointed time. And wait until the Lord comes. He will bring to light what is hidden in the darkness and will expose the motives of the heart. And at that time, each will receive. You heard that? Each will receive their praise from God. 
So the question I ask you today, is there any praise that God can give you? 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 31. But if we were more discerning with regard to ourselves, we would not come under such judgment. If you knew what you were doing, you would mess with God. If you knew what you were doing, you would make better decisions. You see, it's one thing not to know. And I finally figured out why my people won't come to Bible study. Because once you know it, you are accountable for it. But if you pretend you don't know, you can say, I didn't know that. I, I just didn't know that. No, that doesn't work. God is saying that you need to equip yourself with my word so you can make it through this dark world and get to the place where I am going to be eternally. My, my, my. Second Peter, look at this, 2-4. For if God did not spare angels, Jesus, when they sinned, but sent them to hell, putting them in chains of darkness to be held for judgment. I'm adding this one on. What about you? I don't judge anybody. I'm saying use God's word and judge yourself. Are you doing what God has called you to do? In Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 14, for God will bring every deed into judgment. Every deed that we do in these fleshly bodies, God will bring to judgment. When I read a word like that saying, I, I, I watch my behavior. I, I watch how I talk to people and I watch the things I do. And even when I have been mistreated or disrespected, I act godly because I want to see the Lord. I am not putting in all this energy to go to hell. Because the Bible says that God is going to be the final judge and God only has one standard. And the standard is in God's word. Somebody ought to say amen. amen. Somebody, maybe we need some, some teaching on the judgment. Maybe we need to look at the final days. Maybe we need to know where we really are. Maybe we need to know that we need to have uh, uh, some direction on where we're sitting in our relationship with God. I've been preaching tithing since I've been here. Some people are still in the same place. But you know what? I'm not judging anybody. I'm just saying, if God can't trust you, then God can't bless you. And what we do is we tend to make all of these excuses as to why we don't do what's right. But if you take inventory of our personal lives, we do what we want to do. Amen. You ought to say amen. I, I got people going on vacation, and they say they don't have anything. I have people traveling. Talk, talk about me, too. I go. I do what I want to do, but my tithe comes off the top, and my tithe is not on the net. My tithe is on the gross of what God gives me, and you know what happens? I get blessed by the gross because there are times when I am overjoyed what God has done for me. I never forget when I became pastor of Pleasant Road Church 24 years ago. Charles Levy Guest was a trustee and a financial guy. I love Charles Levy Guest. Why he makes me laugh? You know, he tells jokes. So one Sunday he came up to me. He says, first he would say, you back again? And I'd say, yeah. He said, something wrong with you. And I said, well, what are you talking about? He said, something wrong with you. Anybody, I was being paid $125 a week. And I was working at Duke Energy with a six-figure job, right? So he couldn't figure out why would an idiot come over here and tithe 
on the gross from Duke Energy, and we're giving you $125 a week because the Lord told me that it's all right. And the Lord told me I got this all worked out. So what I'm trying to say, I'm not boasting. I'm just saying you cannot beat God's giving. And if you rob God, God cannot bless you. If you rob God, God cannot bless you. We count up everything except what we owe God. And when I looked at this parable, I kept digging into it to see why would a servant be given the master's money? It's not even your money. It's not even your money. But you decide, all I want you to do is go make a good investment. I'm not calling any names. How many of you are a good investment? for the kingdom of God. When you look at your life and you look at the produce around you, are you a good investment? Are you worthy of being arising up day after day and day after day? See, it's easy to talk about the one servant who didn't do anything at all, and then we talk about the first, the one who had the five talents, and he invested that, the one who had the two invest. But the one who had one just goes to show you that sometimes the folk who have little, who could get more, won't give that little, and God cannot bless them. And so what Jesus is saying Whatever I give you, I want you to invest it as I tell you to. Because I'm just letting you manage my money. I'm not giving it to you. I'm letting you manage it. If I can't trust you with $10, why would I give you 1000 And if I can't trust you with $1,000, why would I give you 10 If I can't trust you to drive an old broke-down car, why would I give you a new one? And why is it that we don't look at everything that we have from a Jesus perspective? You think Jesus gave you a voice so that you don't sing? Jesus gave you a voice to sing unto him, to give him praise and glory and honor. You don't sit down when you want to and say, well, not today. I need some break. I need a break too, but the Lord never took a break. Jesus never took a day off. I went back to look. I could not see Jesus on vacation. And I wanted to be able to come to the church and say, I'm going to be like Jesus. Yes, he went to the mountaintop, and yes, he prayed, but he didn't go cruising. And he didn't say to the disciples, I'll be back in six months. It's time for us to wake up. It's time for us to get it right. Or do you want God to just strip everything from you and start all over again? But then Jesus said, when they came back, Jesus, oh, he just closes this out. Jesus said, okay, what I'm going to do is that those who invested received, right? How many of you have invested anything in the Lord? I've invested 45 years, almost with my husband. You think I'm going to mess up now? Ah. Yesterday, I was ministering with Rand. I was trying to find him a piece of chicken because I said, I'm trying to stay happily married. I got too much invested right now to start all over again. I'm old. I'm not starting all over again. So what I'm saying is that we need to be real with each other. Tim, you better let Avis know you love her every day and you got to understand how to keep things together because you can't start all over again. And sometimes the people we with now might not want us again. So what good are you to God? You're always tired, always busy. See, a faithful servant shows up looking happy. 
You ever seen a faithful servant show up with a frown on the face? A faithful servant shows up at the right time to do the right thing. A faithful servant walks under God's house and says, I'm here to serve the Lord, and if I get to sweep the floor, it's fine. I'll sleep the floor. If I got to be the bathroom attendant today, I'll be the bathroom attendant. A faithful servant is flexible. Some of us, everything's about us. Let me get, let me get my phone. Let's see if I'm, what? Let, if you're available. You're going to be a faithful servant, never on duty. And then when you come on duty, you're on your way out because you got so you already booked for six things to do. The Lord told me, Stop begging people to do my work. I'll send you some help. The Lord said, Stop begging people to do the right thing. Just pray for them. That's what I do now. I go, Okay, available. Are you available? When people join the church, we have a spiritual gift profile. We call them, Reverend Paula knows this. We encourage them. What are your gifts? Let's line you up. You know what they say? Well, let me look around a year and sit and see, and then I'll let you know. Okay. Do you want God to just sit around a year and not do anything for you? Do you want the Lord to not let you breathe and pay your bills and keep your family? I'm saying that our thinking is faulty, and it's time for us to get it right. Is that we have those, that last day fleshly mentality, and it's time for us to understand who God is and what God does. And then we need to be teachable. Some of us know everything, and nobody can tell us anything. Some of us know everything about everything, but there is nobody who knows everything. I know some pretty smart people. I know people with big degrees. Look at the church full of people, doctors, lawyers, and such. But do they know everything? No, they don't know everything. I grew up in Alabama. I don't know everything, but I know a few things. I don't care where you were born. That doesn't mean you know anything because you were born there. It's time for us to take on the mindset of God. And it's time for us to realize that this is just a place where we are dry. This is like a layover. It's like a layover. You ever been on a long layover? It's just like a layover. And you ever been trapped on the airplane? You can't get out. All the food's gone. Somebody drank all the alcohol. All the Coke's gone. All the 7-Up's gone. Everybody's mad. Everybody's walking around. There are no sandwiches anymore. You ever been in that situation? But I tell you, one day the Lord said, I'm coming back. And I'm coming back for those who have done my will. And I don't know about you, but I'm waiting for the Lord to get back. I don't know if he's going to call me classical, Dolores, classy, or hey you. But whatever he calls me, it's going to be all right. I don't know if he's going to give me a title. I just say the color girl from Alabama. I have no idea. But as long as he calls my name, I'm going to be all right. And the Lord says that I'm going to call you and judge you and reward you according to what you did. Pastor Joseph can't get my reward. I can't get yours. You can't get mine. The Lord said, I'm going to look at you one by one. And I'm going to ask you a question. What kingdom work did you do for me? How many orphans did you pick up? How many hungry people did you feed? How many people with no clothes did you give a few clothes to? How many sick people did you call and pray for? How many people did you look after? How many people? 
thirsty too. Come on, give me your report card. Give me your report card. And if you got to write your report card right now, what do you have on it? F? Or does it say repeat? What does your card say? I know what mine is going to say. Because in my midnight hour, I listen to the Lord. And I know that I want to hear my Savior say, Well done! Well done! Well done! I don't want to be mediocre. I want to be a faithful servant. And I want the Lord to know my name. And I want the Lord to be able to describe what I have done for the kingdom. And I'm working every day for that voice. Well done. Well done. Good job. I might even get promoted. I don't know. But I'm going with the credentials that please God. So whatever you think, fine. But you are not over graduation. It's that the Lord is over graduation. And the Lord decides who gets robed and who does not. But I tell you, Jesus said that I want you to look at these faithful servants. Model your life after them. Don't look at the lazy servants. Rock lazy people. Stop hanging out with them. Stop hanging out with people who whine all the time. Stop hanging out with people who won't study the word. Stop hanging out with people who don't know Jesus. Start surrounding yourself with people who can help you go to the next level. And be all that God wants you to be. What is Jesus saying to you? Well done. You need to go back again. Well done. Can you just say that for a minute? Well done. From the master. Well done. You've been faithful over what? A few things. You've been faithful over your few children. You've been faithful over that old raggedy job that you have. You've been faithful over a little pension fund. You, you've been faithful that your health is all right most of the time. You've been faithful with a crazy family. You've been faithful with people who disappointed you. You've been faithfully serving me all your life. Well done. Well done. I don't care what you call me as long as the master calls me. Well done. Now good and faithful servant. Come on up higher. Woo! Come on up higher. You think you high now on praise? Wait till we go up higher, believe with the Lord. Wait till we can praise God all day and all night. Wait till we wake up in the morning with that hallelujah chorus saying, Praise your name, Praise your name. There is no benefit package on earth like the one in glory. I hope the Lord is able to look at you and say, well done, that good and faithful servant. Come on up. Come on up. Come on up. Come on up. If you are ready to give your life to Jesus Christ, we invite you to pray this prayer with us. And it says, Dear Lord, I admit that I am a sinner. And there is nothing that I can do 
to save myself. I ask for your forgiveness. And you can do this if you are streaming. At this moment, I believe you alone are the one who bore my sins when you died on the cross and rose from the dead. Today, I turn from my sinful life and invite you into my heart. I will trust you and follow you all of the days of my life. Thank you for saving me and hearing my prayer. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Thank you for listening. It is our prayer that this message will enlighten and empower you to do the will of God. If you have a prayer request or praise report or like additional information on Pleasant Grove Church or other recorded messages, come visit us in person or write to us at Pleasant Grove Church, Post Office Box 3603, Cary, North Carolina, 27519. Or call us at 919-363-5198. Or visit us on the web at www.pgc-carry.org. Thank you again.